You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, is Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? Good. I just want you to know this whole week has been a test of trying to hold things in. That was so hard. Try, uh, trying to hold things in? Have you had, like, diarrhea? No. <laughs> of the mouth. But, you know. No. Usually I interrupt you first round. Well, that was your first you do. round. This is, this is literally the first time we've recorded and you didn't interrupt my first I don't know if you intro. saw me go like this with my lips and tuck them in. No, I actually don't look at you when I'm doing the intro because it makes it easier to not look. <laughs> it's because I'm so judgy. I'm you really are, not. You are very I am judgy, not. Very judgy. Only to you. That's because okay. I can tell you and you just not take it so offensively, even though you do. Because I just don't listen. It's because you're a little bitch. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I say that with love. All right. Should we get right into it this week? Why not? You're right. first. I am first. You first. I am first. We did any mini miny mo before this. Did you we? lost. Hmm. That's because I'm good at it. Hmm. Okay. You're really good at eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Rock, paper, scissors? Well, that's at least some chance. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. All you got to do is know how many eeny, meeny, miny, moes there are and know where to start it. And you can always win. I know. I'm really good Rock, at it. Rock, paper, scissors is like at least a little different. Anyway, <laughs> I am going to start with a very interesting story. Oh. This is something I've known about for a long time. I did some more reading about it this week because I thought it was interesting. Just kidding. It is Operation... Midnight Climax. Midnight. Well, first I'm thinking Operation Army. Then he said Midnight. Okay, we might be there. And then he said Climax. I went somewhere else. It is It is a CIA operation. CIA. Operation Midnight Climax was an operation initially established in 1954 by Sidney Gottlieb and placed under the direction of the Federal Narcotics Bureau um, with Officer George Hunter White under the pseudonym of Morgan Hall for the CIA as a subproject of MK Ultra. I don't know if you've ever heard of MK Ultra. It's a big LSD study that the CIA did back in the day. I know Ultra has to do with makeup. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. The MK Ultra was a, a CIA mind control research program that they had going on in the 50s. They used LSD to see if they could um, to, to experiment on people to see if they could work mind control didn't work out so well but anyway <laughs> operation wow. midnight climax started in 1954 it consisted of a web of cia run safe houses in san francisco marin county california and new york city um, was established in order to study the effects of lsd on unconsenting individuals unconsenting unconsenting well i suppose this is the 50s Sex workers on the CIA payroll oh my God. were instructed to lure clients that back to the safe funny. houses. <laughs> I mean, it still happens Government employees, now, government but, employees. <laughs> but I bet they got paid real well, I'm too. I'm sure. Um, they, they were instructed to lure <laughs> clients back to the safe houses where they would uh, inject people with a wide range of substances, substances, including LSD, and then they were monitored behind a one-way gla- one mirror glass pain thing um every like, one of these acts was blatantly illegal <laughs> of course oh and my God. several f- significant operational techniques were deployed uh in, in this matter including extensive research into sexual blackmail 
surveillance technology, and the possible use of mind-altering drugs in field operations. So um, it was actually, you know, this started in 1954. It was soon expanded. <laughs> um, the CIA operatives began dosing people in restaurants, bars, oh beaches. Um, then in 1963, it was scaled back uh, following uh, a report by CIA Inspector General uh, John Ehrman, uh, who he strongly recommended closing the facility, but it didn't close. Um, they were eventually closed in 1966. Um, and then in 1974, the, this all broke uh, with journalist Seymour C- uh, Hirsch. Hirsch. He uh, exposed the CIA's illegal spying on U.S. citizens and how they'd conducted the drug experiment. So this big news in 1977, that's the stuff I was looking into when I found this Operation um, Midnight Climax. I just thought it was crazy that the CIA was like drugging, hiring sex workers to drug people. To then study them and to see the effects of the drugs. I'm sorry, but whoever came up with that idea, mm-hmm. pervert. Oh, of course. Of course. You know that was their own personal porn. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. Flat out. Sitting behind the, that, the, the glass window and they'd sit and watch. But this is just an experiment. I just want to see mm-hmm. how this goes. And then the fact that it it went from, you know, I'm not saying it was a good thing that they were doing it at these safe houses and whatnot. But then they expanded into going into restaurants and bars and just basically roofing people Pretty and much. seeing what would happen. That's freaking insane. And that was our lovely government doing it. But they can do what they experiment. want. Maybe I shouldn't say too much. We might get like red flagged. I'll take flagged. the listener. If the NSA would like to listen, I'll take it as a listener. (laughs) I see where you went with this now. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. Maybe we can get 10 of them in there. Yeah, yeah. We'll get a whole study going on. They can do LSD and listen to outlandish outcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you think they're actually still on LSD? Or you think maybe they've moved on to, like, modern day stuff? Uh, yeah, they're probably all on fentanyl by now, but <laughs> fake teeth? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. 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 Anyway, Operation That's Midnight crazy. Climax. I thought it was an Climax. interesting short little story. I thought it had a great At name. Least I when you said it and you said I was like army, okay, it wasn't army government though. It's mm-hmm. still government. Yeah, it's and then I'm like, and operation. then climax, my mind went elsewhere. I was on the same page as you. you were. If you ever want, I'm amazing. Just saying, sorry. If you ever want to look into some stuff that'll really make you mad, look up MK Ultra and the experiments that were done during that. It is mind-boggling, mind-bogglingly horrible what the CIA did to American citizens, all in the name of research. (laughs) Sometimes I think I'm psychic. You know the song I was singing beforehand. No, I don't remember. Okay, it was upstairs, but I was like... Well, then how would I know? I was downstairs. In the name oh. of love. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all went with it. It was like I was reading your mind. Yeah, yeah. It, it, maybe you're on LSD. No, I've been drinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what do you? What have you got for your first story this evening? My first story is to say, you know, my whole psyche was mm-hmm. catching on to yours. So, the strange and mysterious history of the Ouija board. Ooh, I whoop, love whoop. Ouija boards. And I want to say, this is the history, American history. Okay. Like, 
I wanted to go further into it, mm-hmm. but this was a long article. Oh, I can imagine. I can <laughs> it's imagine. It's with the Smithso- uh, Smithsonian. Okay. So, very long article, and I'm going to try to summarize this up as best as possible, and if we need to stop and talk, because this bounces all over the place. Sounds good. So, just so we know, I'm going everywhere with the Ouija. Ouija. How do people pronounce that? I think it's just Ouija. I've always heard it as just Ouija. I always said the Ouija board. Maybe I'm hearing it. Maybe I've been saying it wrong. But Maybe it just has to do with the American dialect where it depends on where you're from. Maybe. Because technically, you know, I'm from a different part of before the state. You, before we jump in, have you ever <laughs> played with one? Yes, once. Okay. Once. I have a, a number of times. but I did once and it scared the living crap out of me. It was with me, my sister, and my cousin Stacy. So I can imagine that. And was it a great lasted pairing. it lasted for about five minutes. I took my hands off of it. The thing stopped and I went, Who's moving that? <laughs> that yep. was enough. That was enough for this girl. Okay. Scared me too much. I'm like, nope, I don't wanna be calling them spirits here. No, that moved a little too fast. So Okay, so on this, it's the tool of the devil, harmless family game, or fascinating glimpse into a non-conscious mind. So that's the Mm -hmm. subtitle. So in February of 1891, the first few um, advertisements started appearing in papers. 1891, holy cow. Mm -hmm. In America. (laughs) Ouija, the wonderful talking board. Boom, the Pittsburgh toy and novelty store descripting a magical device that answered questions. Cool. So, and guess what its price was? Mm, I have no idea. Buck 50. Okay. Good price for the time, I'm sure. I (laughs) I have no idea. I'm assuming. Usually I price these things out and check to see what it is in modern time. I didn't this time because this was a long article. Mm -hmm. So, I just want to say, I did a lot of reading and a lot of work on this. Okay. <laughs> I love reading. So, I hope kids don't listen to this. Reading's great, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is an interesting subject, but I had a hard time focusing. So, um, the uh, advertisement is hard to come by, especially in products from the 19th century. Mm-hmm. So the Ouija board was interesting and mysterious and it actually had been proven, literally, um, to work at the patent office before its patent was allowed to proceed. Okay. So this is kind of an interesting story. Mm-hmm. So the real history... Um, I feel like it skips before it even gets there. So... The real history of the Ouija board is just about as mysterious as how the game works. Robert Munch has been researching and no one else knew anything about its origin. Like no one knows really where it it came from. Who the originated, who who had the first idea or who put it together first. They have no clue. Um, this actually was, it came straight out of the American 19th century obsession with the spiritualism. Mm-hmm. Um, it hit America hard in 1848 with the sudden um, prominence of the Fox Sisters of upstate New York. I started researching the Fox the Sisters. Fox Sisters. I've, never I've heard, heard a little bit of, uh, of them, but I haven't done too much research on them. So then I went to start researching them. I'm like, boop. That's a whole other story in itself. <laughs> That's a rabbit Let's hole we're not going to down stick. today. Do you know how many times throughout this whole thing 
I was oh, I like starting to sidetrack and I'm like, focus. Mm-hmm. Like this was supposed to be in last week's episode. <laughs> Didn't make it because I kept veering off into other stories. And I'm like, no, focus. We need to do this. So the Fox sisters, but just kind of the brief history on the Fox sisters is um, upstate New York. They were like um, mediums. Okay. And they were the ones who had like the table. It would spin when they would do little seances and then people would be knocking on the walls and knocking on the table and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the Fox sisters. Communicating with the dead was common and it wasn't seen as bizarre or weird. Um, It's hard to imagine that now that we look at that and think that we are opening the gates of hell. So back then, they didn't see it like that. No, they definitely did. I mean, their whole religions are the whole based family around, the whole would sit around the Ouija I mean, board the, and play with this. The, the, though. the story I did a, was a couple of weeks ago about the family that in Kansas that killed a bunch of people. They moved there with a group of people, and their whole thing was they communicated with dead people. It was their whole religion and their whole you know kind of how they got there. So yeah, it was a big thing back you know early but American history. The Ouija board hadn't nothing no. to do with evil. Though. No, yeah, it was okay. it was just. It was literally for fun. Okay. No, it was oh, just for just fun. For fun. Okay. And then the Fox sisters came in and it was to see if they could communicate with the dead. But a lot of the people were getting bored when they were using the board. Some people were not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, what was it? Charles Kennard of Baltimore, Maryland. He pulled together a group of four other um, inventors None of them, or none of the men were spiritualists, really, but they were, all of them were businessmen, and they were able to identify a niche with this board. Okay. So, um, they didn't have the Ouija board yet, but they were talking about the board lacked a name. So, this mm. board was being sold without a name. Without a name. Um, and is not combining so Ouija is not a combination of French for yes and see I say this different than you. Yes, Ouija Ouija and German Ja. It's not that. So anyways, mm. moving on. <laughs> it was Helen Peters. She was playing with the board and asked what to name it. The mm-hmm. board spelt it out. Okay. So the board named itself, more okay. or less, is what it comes down to. Is, I'll buy that. Is what it says. And they asked the board, what does that mean? And it said, good luck. Hmm. So the board answered. Um. Anyways. Interesting. Going on to the patent. Now we're, we're circling back. Mm-hmm. This is one of my, my type of personal stories because I'm a circle talker. It kind of goes all over the place, circles back. I'm a circle talker. So the original Ouija patent filed itself. Um, I felt like it just said, I just said the Ouija patent filed itself. (laughs) You did. I was a little confused. (laughs) That's why I stopped. There was a little bit of silence. I was like, okay, I get it. It named itself, but it filed itself. (laughs) 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 The... Well, it's it's not filed, it's file. So the original Ouija patent file itself. Okay. So all the listeners know I 
am great that at makes, talking. That makes a little more sense. Totally. <laughs> Which um, the story of the board patent request was was true. So knowing that if it couldn't prove that the board worked, they wouldn't get their patent. Mm -hmm. So they had to prove that this board actually worked. Mm -hmm. So the chief patent officer demanded a demonstration if the board could accurately spell out his name, which is supposed to be unknown to Bond and Peters, um, he'd allow the patent application to proceed. Um, Peters, who stated she was a medium, which was mm -hmm. Bond's sister, um, th well, they were able to spell out his name on the board. Okay. They don't know if they knew of the officer's yeah. name or not. Of course not. But they claimed they had no mm -hmm. idea who it's a good, he was. It's definitely a good good story. So because of that, and they spelt out the, the Ouija board, spelt out his name, they allowed it. They allowed the patent. Huh. So... So that's how it got into the marketing store, marketing and into stores and sold to all the families. Yeah, located in your toy section of your local Target. It's right there. Still, nowadays. It is. So, uh, William Fold, I think I'm saying that right, Fold, Fold, um, who gotten in on the ground floor of the fleeting company as an employee and stockholder was running the company for um, the toy company that the Kennard Novelty Company okay. is not and never claimed to be the inventor of the board, even though his obituary in the New York Times declared him to be. Also notably, Fold died in 1927 after a freak fall from the roof of his new factory, a factory he said the Ouija board told him to build in 1989 or 1898. Sorry. Mm. Cool. Stuck in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Side note. Okay. So, the board's instant now more than 120 years later, mm -hmm. prolonged success, showed that he had tapped into a weird place in American culture. For sure. So, it is marked as both mystical oracle and a family entertainment at that time. So... Um, it means it wasn't only spiritual who, spiritualists who brought the board. In fact, the people who disliked the Ouija board the most tended to be spirit mediums. And it's probably because it was cutting, this is me now, mm -hmm. I'm assuming it was cutting in on their profits. Yeah. So they wanted to, yeah. So that's what I would like to think with that. So That would make sense. Um, it's quite logical that the board would find its greatest popularity in uncertain times. So like the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. So when people are like people lost. People are searching for an and, answer. Exactly. Searching for something out of life, a meaning to life. And that's kind of when sales seem to boom even. Mm -hmm. so that makes sense. It was also normal back then to have one in your house. That it's so normal that in May of 1920, Norman Rockwell, illustrator of Blissful 20th century. Mm -hmm. We, I hope most of us know Definitely who know he is. Definitely know who Norman Rockwell is. Um, he had a picture of a man and a woman on the Ouija board on their knees communicating with the beyond 
with the Beyond on the cover of the Sunday Evening Post. Cool. So he even yeah, had an illustration that, that of that. That popular, that common. It wasn't something eerie or creepy nope, back in the day. Evil. It wasn't. It wasn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1920, National Wire crime solvers um, were turning to to their Ouija boards for clues in mysteries, murder of the New York City gambler, Joseph Burton um, Elwell. So even the police officers were using this for stuff like that. So That's crazy. There was a lady in Chicago who had been (laughs) sent to the psychiatric hospital. She had to explain to the doctors that she wasn't suffering from mania, but the Ouija spirits had told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying her in the backyard. So this is where things kind of got a little bit creepy. Yeah, she's not suffering from anything. Um, <laughs> in 1958, a Connecticut court decided not to order or honor the Ouija board will of Miss Helen Dow Peck, who had left $1,000 to former servants and an insane 152000 to Mr. John Gale Forbes, <laughs> According a to lucky it. but bodiless spirit who contacted her <laughs> via the Ouija board. So there were things out there. The yeah. Ouija board said, so therefore. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> therefore. I'm glad that didn't like hold up in court. <laughs> there were even like, books that the Ouija board wrote. I, I believe it. There's I a whole section. Mark Twain apparently came back to write a book through somebody um, that wasn't as popular as somebody else's poems through this unknown mm-hmm. poet through the dead. <laughs> um, but it was the first person to claim the Ouija board was okay. contacting this person. So that book sold. Yeah. The next person, Mark Twain, contacted me. Nah, not so much. Huh. Um, however, up until 1973, do you know 1973? Yeah. You know, 1973? Well, I wasn't there, but, you know. What do you think happened in 1973 that made this all turn? Mattel bought the rights? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's just a guess. (laughs) (laughs) So Mattel made it evil? Yeah, sure. No, it was a movie. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what movie. I really don't. Quick, quick, quick. Guess something. I can't think. 1973. I don't know. Before you were born. Obviously. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. The Exorcist. Okay. So that movie had a little girl playing with a Ouija board by mm-hmm. herself. And next thing you know, she became possessed, throwing up so, pl- spit, split pea soup. So that's the first moment in History. culture where it is considered evil. Made it evil. Well, no, somebody killed their mom. Well, yeah. But what made it evil and made... Was the movie. The people perceive it as, as evil. an evil thing was that movie itself. Oh. Huh. So, See, I will always think of it as something evil. Not that it, I really think it's evil, but it's when I was... we grew up with it When like I was growing that. up, you know, late 80s, my mom would let me watch every horror movie ever. She was very lenient on anything, but there were two rules. I am not allowed to touch a Ouija board or play Dungeons and Dragons. Those are the two things I was not allowed to do because they'll ruin my life and the devil will take over. (laughs) (laughs) I have told the kids don't ever bring an Ouija board here. Yes, but we can play Dungeons and Dragons all day. You do it at their house. Their house. Yes. Not not here. But yes. I remember Tristan had one on a keychain. (laughs) 
I wasn't a fan. I do remember that. And it even slid out with the little thing. And I'm like, you ever play with that? You ever play with that? (laughs) No. So, okay. So anyways, the Ouija board, um, supposedly based on the true story too. So, and this is almost like psycho. Nobody was afraid of it until, until, until the movie psycho shower scene. Nobody was scared scared about the the shower shower. until then. So, Almost overnight, the Ouija board became a tool of the devil. It's the devil. (laughs) Mama said it's the devil. So anyways. um, That's just got my mind blown right now that prior to that movie, it wasn't. It wasn't an evil thing. It was a spiritual trying to contact the other side to get answers or just conversation based. It was fun. I guess it makes a lot more sense now to me that why it's still in Target. Because it's not evil. Yeah, well, because it, and that's not the evil how it is what started. makes us like sales now. Well, I'm sure, but so. you, they can always, you know, any store can always point back to, you know, this, this is wasn't considered evil before. Why do we need to consider it evil? We've now? been selling this board up until yeah. such and such date. You think we're gonna stop now because of a stupid yeah. movie? Yeah. No, let the people buy it and boom, yep. sales makes sense. Went through the roof. So. Um, Parker Brothers in 1991 oh, still it sold. <laughs> it wasn't Mattel. It was Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers sold hundreds of thousands of them. Um, but the reason why were that people were buying them had changed significantly. Mm-hmm. Ouija boards were spooky rather than spiritual, with the distinct, um, distinct distinction of danger. Yeah. So. Um, in 2012, rumors that um, Universe was in talks or Universal was in talks to make a film based on a game abound, abounded through Hash. What's that game board company? Hashbro. Hasbro. Hasbro. I knew I was saying it wrong. Um, refused to comment on anything because they were starting to make it too. Um, or anything else of this story. So we don't need another board game movie. Jumanji is all we ever needed. No, there were lots of them. I remember well, sure even in are. the nineties, there was one called a movie called Witch, I think, or maybe it was just called Ouija. Probably. And they tried to set it on fire, mm-hmm. and that was how the movie I mean, I've ended. Seen it in- but then they had Witch too because. The Ouija board doesn't burn. Being I'm a I'm a pretty big horror movie fan, like to watch them. Um, I've seen it in a lot of movies, of course. Oh yeah, they had a list of them like Paranormal Activity one and two, Breaking Bad, Castle. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. So all kinds of lots of movies. Um, Ouija boards are not. I feel like. Oh, rumors of the universe, Versal. I did it again. Same sentence, and I stopped with that. Funny. Okay, was in talks to make a film based on the game about through. Why? Hashbro, <laughs> Hashbro, Hasbro, Hasbro. See, I have issues. Refuse to comment on that or anything else in the story. Ouija boards are not. Not scientists say powered by spirits or even demons. Maybe I should have finished the sentence before I started over right back at the beginning with that complicated sentence of simple words I couldn't read. 
Anyways, so Ouija boards work on a principle known as, or known to those studying the mind for more than 160 years, the ideometer effect. So this is automatic muscular movement. Mm -hmm. So you know what this is. Yes, I know what this is. I had no idea. Um, But just in case some people are not aware, because to me, I didn't think this was Mm -hmm. a common Oh, it's definitely not something common. It My interest in the Ouija board is why I've heard of this before. Gotcha. Okay, so the automatic muscular movement that takes place without the conscious will or violation of the individual. So I guess an example would be like... I can't think of an example. Like you're conscious. I am reading this, so I'm conscious that I'm reading this. Mm-hmm. Not very well, but I'm reading this. Mm-hmm. Um, crying about something sad and tears coming out is kind of unconscious mm-hmm. or the fact that I have to blink while I'm talking and I'm stumbling through this. My unconsciousness is making yep. me blink. So that's kind of what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that helps everybody out there. <laughs> if not, you're going to have to study that. But it makes sense. It makes sense. And if you, if you look at it as, and, and that's why you have so many people who swear by the weed that, you know, it works perfectly. But it's like the Fox sisters. Because they have the table. Those tables takes a little bit of movement to make them spin yeah. the way they do. Yeah. So those sisters, they had something like that. They knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. They just, but other like, people you know, didn't the, realize the, it. The disc thing is designed to very easy move, move with the slightest little bit of movement. So you don't even realize you're moving it when you're moving it, you know, and... So, actually, there was a study regarding that. Okay. So, the University of British Columbia um, visual cognition labs thinks that the board may be a good way to examine how the mind processes information on various levels. Kind of funny how you brought that up. But then again, I kind of brought that up too, though. Um, Conscious, unconscious, subconscious, preconscious, zombie mind are all terms that have been or are currently used to kind of describe that. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were three people, Dr. Ron Rensick, Dr. Sidney Fells, and then a research that worked with them. Helene, there's a bunch of accents above the E's. (laughs) Helene Grouch, Grouch. Okay. Anyways, um, they began. (laughs) 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 Anyways, (laughs) so begin looking at exactly what happens when people sit down to use the Ouija board. Fells said that they got the idea after he hosted a Halloween party with a fortune cookie theme or a fortune telly tell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have a Halloween party. Oh my god! I just hope people don't. Think of me and be like, oh, God, this girl can't even read. So anyways, the party with the fortune telling theme and found himself explaining to several foreign students who had never really seen it before or how the Ouija board works. Mm. Um, So they kept asking them to pull out the batteries Mm. and there are no batteries. There are no batteries, obviously. So they kind of explained to them without... They left out the ideal mortar effect, um, motor effect, mortar. Oh my goodness. Motor effect. We're not talking bombs here or anything like that. 
Um, they left that part out of it, but they explained to the students more or less how to use the Ouija board and what it does. Okay. So the team thought the uh, board could offer a really unique way to examine non-conscience um, knowledge to determine whether the ideo motor now I have mortar stuck in my head. Action could also express what the non-conscious knows. So this actually turned into a huge study hmm. that they did. Interesting. Um, first, they kind of set up a thing where one person would come in and they had a robot on the other side of the table. Mm -hmm. The robot was built to kind of just mimic what the other person was doing, and it didn't really do anything. It, But the person thought it was there... And doing something. Okay. So what they did was ask them a bunch of just questions. Um, like history questions. Any type of question where there's an answer and you would have to know because you were taught it somewhere in your life or mm -hmm. not. Um, they asked a bunch of questions and they said, you know, answer to the best of your knowledge. So they would 50% um, of the answers they got right. Okay. Because they were just kind of guessing, mm -hmm. like, to the best of their knowledge. Um, then they had them sit with the Ouija board and had the Ouija board kind of help them with this, and they got 65% of them right. Huh. So because well, so they didn't, they, they thought knew. a spirit was helping them yeah. with this. So then next trial that they did, they had somebody else a controlled person in the situation and somebody come in and then they blindfolded them. Okay. Well then after they blindfolded them and this person thinks that other person's also being blindfolded, mm -hmm. um, was not removed them from the table completely. So the person sitting there with the Ouija board by themselves. Okay. So they got 50% of the questions, right. And then they were doing the board and they were saying that the other person was trying to control it too much, even mm -hmm. even though nobody even was though nobody's there. Nobody's there, and they got about sixty-five percent of the questions right too. Interesting. So they said, when you're not trying to think about it, mm -hmm. you subconsciously are getting more of the answers right because yeah. you're not you know, overthinking it. Maybe it, like in in anything you do in life, I think you do better if you think somebody's helping you. Somebody's you know what I helping mean? you or if you're you not the you're... one with the answer. Like, yeah. well, this is the answer because... Yeah, it makes sense. It's a very interesting study for sure. Well, subconsciously, you know the answer, but you might have second-guessed yourself yep. or doubted it mm -hmm. or... So your subconscious is like, here it is. Yep. Yeah, so that sense. would almost make sense. And you might not know all of the questions either, so you can't possibly get it right. So because they didn't look like easy questions. For huh. me, anyways. Interesting. That's really so, cool. I thought that was kind of cool. So that was that study. So um, so for a moment, the researchers, they were working on locking down their feelings. In a second study and firming a protocol, um, they weren't able to get grant money to continue this. And they actually did a crowdfunding to help make up that gap okay. of funding from their own pockets mm -hmm. and so far to date they weren't able to do so so shocks so that's my long story that was a long one but a very very interesting one 
So I, it was very long. I like the Ouija board, and not it wasn't just a you know story on the history of it, but it was. You, you like know, the Ouija board because you're a very skeptical person. Yeah, I like the Ouija board because of what I think it subconsciously does to the mind, not because I think it there's any spirit controlling the board. Gotcha. <laughs> For some reason, I feel like you're fibbing and you've never actually done the research on it. You just like the fact that I said it's a subconscious thing and you're no, like, No, I yeah. definitely have. I definitely have. It's it's not from spirits. Woohoo! I would definitely be the one cheering that it's not from spirits. And I wouldn't believe it was from spirits. But you know I, that. I you know, know me that. better than anybody. So. You're always one that ruins things for me. I it's not ruining it. You I think do. finding out what your brain can do is way more interesting than thinking it was a ghost. I did go to school for psych, but sometimes it's nice to have something that you really feel is something bigger than us out there. Sometimes it is. There are things bigger, a lot of things bigger than me out there. <laughs> I know, and I really wish you'd stop ruining my TV shows, just saying. Well, I haven't ruined a TV show for you in a long time. Anyway, mm-hmm. moving on. I have got an interesting little story here. Interesting um, and little. I'm very glad that this did not happen to us, um, but we I'm sure we would have handled it differently, I hope. But I'm Robert, calm, cool, and collective, so I'm pretty sure. Robert and Tiffany Williams of Mortonsville, Pennsylvania. Uh, one day they happened to uh, decided to go to an ATM and check the balance and they found $120,000 in their bank account that, that they thought was empty. I would have pulled all the money out and ran. That's pretty much exactly what they did. Um, they bought... <laughs> Hold on. Brand new they house, spent, brand They new spent $100,000 in about two and a half weeks. Um, they bought a boat, they bought a car... Um, they paid off some debt, um, and then the bank contacted them and said, we want our money back. You know that's not yours. Hell no. It's your fuck up. You pay for it. Excuse and my language, but it is. Not the way things are going I to go. I know. I know. That's not how the it The couple works. does now face three felony charges of theft and receiving stolen property. Um, it was in their bank account. How is that stealing because they, stolen property? You know it's not yours. That's why. Ugh, you know, I know that it's not yours. Um, dum da dum dum. They, you know, they, their defense is they were, you know, with all the safeguards set up for banks nowadays, how could this happen? This must, we just thought it it's must have been ours. It's happened to me before. But. Not that much. $120,000. Like That's crazy. It was 500 and some dollars. And I'm like, <gasps> and I even called the bank and I'm like, that was where I made my mistake. I'm like, my my bank account says I have. They're like, oh, look, that went to the wrong account. I'm like, you can't take that from me. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was interesting that when the bank did notify, or they were trying to notify them that, you know, there's a problem, there's a problem. They couldn't get a hold of them for a while. So they just, uh, you know, settled their bank account and they went and checked their account again and they got a, $107,416 overdraft. <laughs> God, I wonder how much that overdraft fee costs. I cannot imagine. No, it goes up and up per bracket. Like there's brackets for yeah. that. Yes, there are. But like I said, they are um, They are going to be appearing. They appeared in court uh, about two weeks ago, posted $25,000 uh, bail each to get out. Um, but they are facing three felony charges of uh, theft and receiving stolen property. 
If that ever happens to us, we need to flee the country immediately. Immediately. We were almost out of the country today. We were very close. Very close. Hop, skip, and a jump. I don't know if it's that close. Well. We still had at least a half hour. Not even. It's like 10 minutes. We were at the icebox capital of the world. Yes, we were. Well, it's not really even the icebox capital anymore. No, it but it, it, was. Used, it used to be really famous and all the car companies would come test their cars up, up there for uh, how they run in the cold. I want to test cars and drive a car for free. It would be a, cool job. be a cool job. If anybody out there is listening to this and you test these cars and you need people to test, contact us. We live in a very cold climate where it yes. hits sub-zero temperatures in the winter. Yes, yes, yes. I want to drive a... A free car. That would be cool. Anyway. I'll give it back. I won't steal it like the hundred <laughs> like thousand. No, I'll give it back. If I get to test drive it for a winter, heck yeah. Yeah. All right. Just well, make sure it has four wheel drive. Yes. Anyways, okay, moving what, on. What have you got for us? So my next one is I like to pull these traveling things. Mm-hmm. So the world's first underwater villa is now open in the Maldives. Cool. I've always wanted to go to Maldives mm-hmm. after seeing this. Um, I don't know if I would do this regardless of the dollar that comes with this price, but it might scare me a little. Okay. But they're coming up with more of them in uh, Florida, and there's there's like Japan and then one in the Caribbean. Okay. So... Um, Sorry. Damn dog. She was making weird noises. She was. She was trying to get something in the corner over It was there. almost like she was licking herself. And it's I. every time she does that, I'm like, is it? Stop it. <laughs> All right. Anyways, it was probably too much information. Get used to it, people. Okay, so the Maldives may call to mind for their gorgeous overwater bungalows set above the Indian Ocean. But the Conrad Rangeli, I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure, Island just um, subverted that trend literally. So the world's first partially undersea residence. So this is a result of $15 million investment. Holy cow. Holy cow. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) So... They submerged five meters, so 16.4 feet. Um, The underwater suite or a villa has clear, you can see the coral and stuff like that under there. Awesome. Um, It provides panoramic view of the surrounding ocean and the wildlife. So literally sleeping with the fishes. That would be really cool. A little scary to me. Anyways, I don't don't know if I could see leap in there that's me i'd be like is it gonna cave in with the pressure (laughs) i guess i i would be a little concerned but that's me um maybe not in this because it's not fully submerged from the way it sounds or it's not fully Mm -hmm. submerged um the conrad really went the extra mile by adding a butler's quarter so this is like a villa literally Mm -hmm. in the middle of the ocean you have to get a boat to get get there okay um, you have your own personal butler and it sleeps up to nine people. Hmm. So it's called the Muraka. Muraka. I'm hmm. assuming I'm saying that. 
Uh, the catch here is you do need to stay there four nights okay. for the vacation package. And the nightly rate is about $50,000. Ouch! So... Yeah, we're you not staying do there. That, ever. Pay off the house, get a few cars. Yeah, no. College tuition for our kids. <laughs> yeah. All three of them. Holy I'm like, cow. sorry, kids. I'm only paying for community college for the first two years, mm-hmm. and you're going to a lower rated four year college. <laughs> that, <laughs> this is for all four of you. That would be really cool to for see. Three of you. Holy not crap. Not worth the money. No. That's way too much. Well,. Maybe. If you're made out of money, I mean, if you made out of money and you then, got nothing to do with it, I don't think whatever. I could spend that much money on a hotel room. I don't think I could. Either. I don't think I could, especially if you're like, if it was fifty thousand dollars for like a week and everything's inclusive, including yeah, drinks, and you're maybe you're loaded, yeah, and sure, you, but, it's including flights and yeah, yeah maybe that's but insane. no fifty thousand. But I thought if you go on the website for the hotel or the website that I got this off of because it's an article written about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it 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 is kind of pretty. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it does look pretty. I'm sure it's absolutely gorgeous and very interesting, but not. They have upcoming <laughs> features like in Florida that I was talking yeah. about where it's a fully submerged hotel. That's crazy. So there are things. This is like a villa, yeah. just one. Um. So if you even do that, I put my name on the mailing list of for course. the upcoming hotel. But I was like, it's fully submerged in and the water. You know what I would be scared of? That glass breaking or the yeah. plexiglass or whatever it is. Yeah. I would be like, all the pressure, how long before things start cracking and then you can't get out of there because there's I mean, water leak and then it just like. Pressure wouldn't be too bad if it's not like, if we're not talking like super deep. This is a full yeah. on hotel with the oh, kitchen and everything that I they get it, but are if we're not talking 500 feet underwater, the it's not going to be quite as pressure. It's not. But this hotel, it's stories down. Oh, I'm sure. That would freak me out. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be freaky. I'd be laying there at night like, it's. So am I going to wake up? I wanted to go to space like, when I was a kid too. That was water just all over my face and I go to take a deep breath because I'm scared and I just like drown to death. Like, <gasps> yeah, that. oh, that was a deep breath of water, not air. <laughs> I'm done for. Yeah. No. Okay. We won't go. N- thank God. Okay. But I did put our name on the mailing list for the Florida okay. and, and the Check other one. Well, Maybe. I figured why not, but then I was kind of reading and I'm like $500 down now. And then when you're called or the, there's a thousand people that sign up, it's like 5,000. It's almost like a timeshare. Hmm, yeah. But I'm like, is there a swimming pool in there even? No sun, no sand, no beach. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And if a fire starts in the kitchen, Where's all the Just open a window. (laughs) (laughs) They say the kitchen was by the elevator shaft, though, because that's that's how you get in and out of the hotel. But still, I don't feel safe that many feet underwater overnight. Mm. You know, I might do it for an hour just to check it out, but not overnight. I don't want to be sleeping and waking up sucking in air or water. Water, water, water. All right. On to my last story of the night. Woohoo! I mean, aww. <laughs> now, we live in a small town. 
You yeah, are from kinda. an even smaller town. I'm from town. an even smaller town. Well, how would you like to check out Buford, Wyoming? I've heard of Buford for some reason. Why? Is that the per- place with one person? This is the place with one person. Woo! Smallest town I'm in America. Good. Tied for the smallest town in the world. Wait, Wyoming? Yes. I thought there was a place in Nebraska. This is Wyoming. Two. Okay. Um, Wyoming. It has only one resident. He is 60 years old. His name is Dan Sammons. Okay, there is Nebraska, and it's a female. He has been alone in the southern Wyoming town on Interstate 80 since his son moved out three years ago. So three years ago, there were two residents. <laughs> now there is only one. Uh, the town was founded in 1866. It at one time housed a population of 2,000 people, um, mostly railroad <laughs> workers. But the town is at an eva- uh, elevation of 8,000 feet. You almost said Eveleth. I know, I almost did. But the town is at an elevation of 8,000 feet near the top of a mountain, which makes it not exactly convenient to get to. No, and it, the oxygen level, could you but, imagine? Um, this one resident has been running the Buford Trading Post. It's a general store <laughs> located in town, and he gets about 1,000 customers a day. Shut up. It's in yeah. the middle of two major cities. It's on an interstate. Uh. Um, he did tell uh, NBC News that one day he may need to retire, and the fate of the tiny town will be up in the air. For right now, he is the only resident of Buford, Montana. And Izzy says, say it, it, Izzy. Izzy. She snorted in the middle of your thing. I know, I heard it. Okay, fine, Izzy, you don't have to talk. Do you have a last story for us? A last story? Before we run out of, like, upload space. Upload space? So, my last story is... uh, Namibia's Namibia? Namibia? I've heard of Namibia's fairy circles. Nature's greatest mystery. So from the air, the Namibia's desert looks like it's a bad case of chicken box, or it has a bad case of chicken pox. It's a narrow strip. It's it's um the narrow strip sits a smattering of barrel polka dots, otherwise known as fairy circles. So that's kind of cool. So its sizable craters are about 10 to 65 feet in diameter. Theories are all over the place, of course, from aliens, of course, to poisonous gases. And the latest um, back in 2013 was sand termites. That were the culprits. Um, none of those, however, have been proven, and there it's still a mystery to mm-hmm. this day. Um, if you go to Wikipedia, you can look up other things like tiger brush, and it shows the aerial images over Nigeria where the vegetation forms stripe patterns. Um, Australia, cool. there's the sphinx grasses. And then a professor in California had contacted the person who wrote this um, about the Mojave Desert. Mm-hmm. I said that right. You Woo-hoo! said that right. Took a little bit of thought there. Um, the hypotheses on this, though, is that the fairy circles are formed through a similar phenomenon of self-organization. So water is scarce, of course, in a desert. Mm-hmm. 
and soil nutrients plant or nutrient poor plant faces uh, stiffer competition for resources and they organize themselves at a distance to maximize the limited resources that are available ultimately forming strong ordered patterns on the landscape hmm. so that's kind of that theory with that but it also made me think of like our front yard right now we have green grass everywhere mm-hmm. you know what's forming outside right now in circles mushrooms. mushrooms all over and if you look at the ground where the mushrooms grow it's greener patches hmm. where the mushrooms yeah, are i guess so so i was reading this and i'm like hmm just because it's in the desert doesn't mean that there aren't circles elsewhere in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. They're just not highly as noticed sure. because it it sticks out. The mushrooms, you get oh, yeah, crescent definitely. moon looking definitely. formations, circles. So it makes me wonder, even though it's happening, these are happening and these ferret circles are happening in a desert. What about the mushrooms that are happening in a circle here? Yeah, I don't know. It's very weird, so I might have to research that and see if I can come up with any sort of connection. Mm -hmm. Well, and if it is the aliens, um, I would just like to give a shout-out to the uh, very brave people who stormed Area 51 this week. (laughs) We did cover the story not that long ago. Not very many people showed up. No, and it sounded like they had a concert there. (laughs) It sounds I don't know who played there, but my first word at work was, or my first thought was i said anybody hear about area 51 on this is on the 20th i mm-hmm. said it anyone hear about area 51 or what's happening there of course one of my co-workers go they had a concert i said who played alien amp farm <laughs> <laughs> that's a good guess and he goes with what their one hit that wasn't even theirs <laughs> yeah the, the michael jackson song they redid <laughs> Smooth criminal. Smooth criminal. I like that song by both Michael Jackson and Alien Ant. I Bond. do too. I do so. too. I'm like they redid it, and then somebody I am me. It wasn't a remix. I said remix never came out of my mouth. I said they redid mm, it. Yes. <laughs> and they said you said remix, and I said you can come over here and ask anyone on my team. You're sitting like cubes away. I said redid. I'm sure you did. I did. I'm sure liar you don't believe me <laughs> i'll ask david he'll tell me the truth you go ask kelly it wasn't david that said <laughs> oh, it okay david anyway. wasn't even there he wouldn't know but he would take kelly's side just because he would take kelly's side anyway if you'd like to get in touch with the show you have any suggestions, suggestions they're jerks i just want to say us. i'm sure they are they're not going no, to take not. my they're side nice people they're going to take my side they need to take my take my side <laughs> if you'd like to take desi's side you can send us an email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com <laughs> i'll even put up the i am that was between the two of us i said we did you I'm said sh- remix i said we did <laughs> that was about all it was funny it was funny that I'm just sure goes to show my voice carries at work. <laughs> I believe it does. I believe it does. Are we Sorry. On, are you, we, can, you can continue closing it, it, out now. It's your turn. I wasn't over. I'm waiting for you. Oh, we're on Facebook. <laughs> Leave a comment for us on Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Or you can go to Instagram at Outlandish Outcast. And Twitter at Outlandish Casts. That's the right. oddball of it the is. family. It is the oddball. That's the oddball. That Twitter's would be me. Twitter's kind of odd anyway. So. 
I well, still don't understand. If you Twitter. happen to make it through this, which will be our longest episode so far, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> and we will talk to you again next week. Bye.